Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? We've got the cure. Three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. (laughs) New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Hi, it's the Reading Bug, here to tell you that today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Sourcebooks and their beautiful rhyming picture book, Blue Baboon Finds Her Tune by Helen and Thomas Dotrudy. Please help support our sponsors by purchasing Blue Baboon at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Sourcebooks, changing lives book by book. Hi, reader. It's time for a new Reading Bug adventure, written, performed, and produced by The Reading Bug, our family-owned independent bookstore, which is, of course, the very best place for you to shop for all your holiday gifts. But be sure to hurry. Time is running out. If you want a perfectly personalized holiday gift, shop for book subscriptions at readingbugbox.com. Unlike other subscription boxes, Reading Bug Boxes include a selection of books that are handpicked by me or other expert staff members and personalized to the unique age, interest, and reading level of each reader. As the reader's skill and interests change, so do the books we pick. Or you can shop for millions of book titles and gifts for kids and grown-ups at our bookstore website, thereadingbug.com. There, you'll find recommendations from our staff on the curated lists on our homepage. Or you can create wish lists for friends and relatives to shop from. And you can even put together care packages for a super easy gift shopping option. Whichever you choose, readingbugbox.com or thereadingbug.com, we thank you for your support. Thank you also to our sponsors and patrons, past, present, and future. You're part of what makes the Reading Bug Adventures podcast possible. To become a patron and support our work, please visit patreon.com slash readingbugadventures. Okay, reader, are you ready for another adventure with me and the reading bug? Great! Then let's fly. It's time for a reading bug adventure. It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The reading bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Reader, hi, over here. Thanks so much for joining me on another adventure. I've been wondering where the reading bug's magic book bag might be taking us today, haven't you? Do you have any guesses? Well, I'm sure wherever we're going, it's going to be incredible. It always is. I'm eager to get going, but the reading bug hasn't arrived yet. Hi, Lauren. Hi, reader. Sorry I'm late, but... We know you got lost in another book. No worries, reading bug. We're just glad you're here now. So am I. And I think I've come up with an ingenious idea for our adventure. Ingenious means clever or creative. Your ideas for our adventures are always clever and creative, so if that's a clue, I still don't have any idea where we're going. Don't worry, Lauren. I have plenty more clues for you. In fact, I've got at least 1,001 clues. 1,001? We usually only need two or three clues to guess where we're going. So that number must be a clue. Is 1,001 part of the title of one of the books in your book bag? I can't think of any books with 1,001 in the title. Did you mean to say 101? There's 101 Dalmatians by Dodie Smith. Nope, I mean 1001, not 101. I can't think of any book title with a bigger number in it. 
except for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea by Jules Verne. And that's not right either. Can you give us another clue? Like I said, I think you'll love this adventure, and I sure hope that you will camel along with me today. We're going to a faraway place and time, so you might want to bring a sandwich with you in case you get hungry. Reader, can you guess a place that has both sand and camels? Oh, that's right. Deserts are filled with sand, and some of them have camels, too. Are we going to take a camel ride in a desert today, Reading Bug? I've always wanted to ride on top of a camel. That does sound like fun, and we are going to visit a desert today. But we won't be riding any camels, at least I don't think we'll be riding any camels today. Reading Bug, can you tell us the titles of some of the books in your book bag? Maybe that will help us guess exactly where we're going. Great idea, Lauren. Here are a few of the books I brought with me in my book bag today. Dactastic Twin Sanity by Courtney Scheinmel. The Wishmakers by Tyler Whitesides. Tales from the Arabian Nights, edited by Andrew Lang. And Whatever After, Genie in a Bottle by Sarah Milanowski. I've got it. In Tales of the Arabian Nights, the royal husband of the beautiful princess named Scheherazade threatens to kill her. So each night for 1,001 nights, the princess diverts him by telling him wonderful Persian, Indian, and Arabian folktales. But she leaves each story unfinished so that he spares her life so that he can find out how the story ends the next night. Some of the stories she tells are about genies. Are we going to a desert somewhere in the Middle East to find a genie? Yes, yes, yes. We are traveling back in time over 1,000 years to the time where the tales of the Arabian Nights were compiled. No one is sure exactly where the tales were first written down, but the best guesses are Persia, which is now Iran, Saudi Arabia, or Syria. I've been reading lots of books about genies, and I'm hoping we might run into one, or maybe we'll find a magic lantern with a genie inside. Are genies dangerous? There are good and bad genies, but even the bad genies aren't usually dangerous. They are mostly known for the tricks they play on humans, sort of like the leprechauns in Ireland. That's a relief. Let's get going. If I had a magic lantern right now, I'd make a wish to find a good genie today. Okay, let's do it. Well, wait. Before we go, I think we should stretch out and get ready for whatever magic or tricks await us on our adventure. Everybody, stand up unless you're buckled into your car or tucked into your bed, and wiggle your fingers and toes. Are you wiggling? Great! Now, stretch your arms up high over your head. Perfect. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, let's get ready to go. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, now we're ready to go. That felt great! One more thing before we go. Reader, did you remember to bring crayons and paper with you today so you can draw illustrations of all the things we'll see and do on our adventure? Illustrators draw the pictures in the books we read, and just like them, you can draw pictures of everything we experience. You can draw anything you want, and your illustrations will help you retell our story to your family and friends when we return. At the end of today's adventure, we'll take a bit of time to listen to music and draw our illustrations, but you're welcome to stop and draw anytime. If you didn't remember to bring paper and crayons, don't worry. Just press pause or have a grown-up do it for you and get them now. The Reading Bug and I will wait right here for you. 
Is everyone ready to adventure back in time and across the ocean to Persia or Syria or Saudi Arabia in search of a genie or a magic lantern? Magic Book Bag, we're ready for you to take us on a flight to visit the land of 1001 Arabian Nights. We hope to find a genie to grant a wish or two before the day is over and our adventuring is through. Look, reader, the reading bug is opening her book bag and it's growing bigger and bigger, big enough to take us all on our adventure. Inside the bag, there's all kinds of things. There's sand everywhere as far as I can see, and there are caravans of camels carrying passengers and goods. Over there, I see a massive stone castle decorated with reliefs of soldiers, royals, and animals. It has many towers, and each tower is capped with a large round dome. Some are golden, and some are decorated with colorful tiles. People are everywhere, and they're dressed in long shirts and loose pants. Women are wearing headscarves and veils, and men have turbans wrapped around their heads. I also see large square buildings, and attached to each building is a tall, thin tower made of brick or stone, and topped with either a dome or a metal-covered cone at the top. I've read about those buildings. They're called mosques, and they are where followers of the Islam religion come to worship. The tall, thin tower attached to each building is called a minaret. And that's where a person called the Muayzin stands to call Muslims to prayer five times a day. Floating among the pictures in the bag, there are lots of words like Jinni, Masalama, Shukran, Vizier, and Sultan. Are you ready to hop into the book bag with me? On the count of three, let's all hop in together. One, two, three, jump! Let's jump! Inside our book bag What will we find there? Imaginations run away What's in our book bag? Our trusty book bag What will we learn about today? The book bag is flying higher and higher and higher We're way up in the air High above our homes and our backyards Now my watch is going backwards That means we're going back in time Hundreds and hundreds of years To the Islamic Golden Age the streets and expressways are disappearing. We're flying over the ocean. Nothing but blue for as far as I can see. Now I can see land. And as we get closer and closer to the land, I can see brown mountain ranges capped with white snow and descending into brown hills and valleys. It looks very dry down there. I don't see a lot of green anywhere. And I don't see many lakes or rivers either. Just small plots of green that look like they might be farms. Look out below! The book bag is coming in for a landing! But, reading bug, there's nothing but sand for miles and miles in every direction. I thought we were going to see palaces and sultans and camels and crowds, not... This! It looks like we're going to need to hike for days in the blazing sun if we want to see any kind of civilization. You're right, Lauren, but the book bag always has a plan. Let's see where it's taking us. Oh! That was a really rough landing. Reading bug... Where are we? I can't see a thing. Now that the lights in the book bag have stopped flashing, it's completely dark in here. I don't know what happened, Lauren. I can't see anything either. Let's climb out of the book bag and see if it's any better outside. Stay close, reader. I don't want to lose you. It's not really much better out here, Bug. It's still so dark that I can't see anything. Reader, are you still there? Good. Hopefully our eyes will begin to adjust a little. Try feeling your way around, Lauren. If it's too dark for your eyes to see anything, 
Maybe your other senses can help you figure out where we are. Great idea. Reader, let's use our hands to feel around. Maybe our sense of touch can help us learn more about where we've landed. That's strange. What's strange? Well, do you remember when we were landing, how there was sand everywhere? Sure. Well, I don't feel any sand here. It's rocky, and a little bit damp on the ground. And right here... Watch out! Reader! There's a long rock hanging from the ceiling that I almost bumped my head on! A long rock hanging from the ceiling? Yeah. It feels cool to the touch. I've read about long rocks like that, Lauren. They're called stalactites. They grow on ceilings of caves and are formed from minerals in the water that drip slowly from the ceiling of the cave for years and years and years. Stalagmites grow from the ground of the caves and are usually found right under the stalactites. Can you feel a stalagmite on the ground? Yes, right here. But that means... That we're in a cave. A cave? Like, deep underground in a cave? But... Why would the book bag land in here? I don't know, but I have an idea. We need to find a way out of here. Reader, help me feel around for an exit. Be careful not to run into any of the stalagmites or stalactites. Reader, have you found anything yet? There doesn't seem to be an exit anywhere. What we really need is some light. Hey, wait, what's this? What's what? I found something. An exit? No, something on the ground. It's small and it feels cool, like metal, I think. But I can't tell what it is. A flashlight, maybe? No, not a flashlight. It feels more like a teapot. A teapot? I don't know. I can't see it, Bug. Let me rub off some of the mud and dirt that's covering it. What's happening? I don't know. It's... it's the teapot. One second I was trying to get the mud off of it, and the next it started doing... that. Spinning and whirring and sparking and shaking. Well, at least I can see you now. And the inside of this cave, it's enormous. Watch out! Something seems to be coming out of the teapot. It looks like a very large man, but he's bright blue. As blue as the sky on a sunny day. His hair is tied in a top knot on his head like a ninja warrior. And it looks like he burst out of his clothes like the Incredible Hulk as he ballooned out from the teapot because he isn't wearing anything but a red cummerbund. Now that he's all the way out of the pot, I can't help but notice that he doesn't have any legs. None at all. Wowie, wow, wow, wow. Boy, does it feel good to get out of that tiny lamp. What's it been? A week? A month? Five thousand years? Hey, you! Me? Yeah, you. You rubbed the lamp, didn't you? If that thing you came out of is a lamp, then I... I guess I did. Then today's your lucky day. What do you want? Your wish is my command. Now that you're out of the lamp, the light is starting to fade again. Can you make sure that your lamp stays on so we can see each other? You could wish for anything. In the world. And that's it? You wish for a little light? Something you could do yourself if you had a match? Can't you think of anything more challenging than that? Okay, if that's all you want, here it is. Thank you. That's so much better. 
Since you just let the genie out of the bottle, would you mind telling me what year it is? I don't know. You don't know? What do you mean, you don't know? Well, you see, we're time travelers. I'm Lauren. This is the reading bug. And this is our reader friend. Time <laughs> travel? Impossible. Actually, it's not impossible. My magic book bag can take us to any place or time we can imagine. Listen, Nat. I am the great, the glorious, the all-powerful genie of the Lamb! If I can't time travel, then trust me, neither can you. Genie? What's a genie? Seriously? Genie is the Arabic word for magical beings or creatures that inhabit the Earth, assume various forms, and exercise supernatural powers! Lord, I read that the Holy Book of Islam, the Quran, also mentions genies, and says that they are made from fire or smoke. That's correct, Bug. And today's your lucky day, Lauren. It is? What do you mean? I mean, who has two thumbs, is made of smoke, and must obey all your wishes? This guy! You're telling me that you're a glorious, all-powerful genie who is made of smoke and has supernatural powers, but that you have to live inside this tiny lamp and obey the wishes of whoever holds it? Well, when you put it that way... Why? Well, that's a long, sad story. And it isn't my favorite. I've actually been living in that lamp for 10,000 years without anyone to talk to except for one brief visit with a fisherman who pulled my lamp up when he cast his net into the sea. Uh, but enough of that. It's another story for another time. 10,000 years? Maybe you could tell us the short version of your sad story then. Fine. Short version. Let me see. A very long time ago, genies and other magical creatures lived on Earth along with human beings. Just as there are good people and bad people, there are also good and bad genies. And I'm sorry to say that I was one of the bad ones. King Solomon was the only person on Earth who could control the genies. But even he was not able to control me. What do you mean? I thought you had to obey the holder of the lamp. Oh, not back then I didn't. And no matter what King Solomon asked of me, I refused to do it. At the time, King Solomon was building the Temple of Jerusalem, and all of the jinnies, except for me, had agreed to help him. Instead of helping, I used my powers to play tricks on humans and cause chaos wherever and whenever I could. Finally, King Solomon had had enough. He ordered me to do as he commanded or else. Or else what? Well, he didn't tell me. But I soon found out when I laughed in his face. He cast a powerful spell on me, like this. Jeering Ginny, judgment day has arrived for you. Because of the terrible decisions you have made, I decided your free will must be taken away. First, I will lock you inside this pot, where you must stay till someone finds it and rubs it a lot. And even then, you will only be able to use your great power to do what the lamp bearer orders you to. Then, King Solomon put me in the lamp, sealed it shut, and threw it far into the sea, where it remained until a lucky fisherman found it in his nets. When the fisherman tried to polish the lamp, he discovered that I had been trapped inside. 
So, because of King Solomon's spell, you had to obey the fisherman, right? What did he ask you to do? Help him catch more fish? Build him a better boat? I wish... No! He ordered me to provide him with money and riches beyond your wildest dreams. And then, after he had everything he wanted, he buried the lamp here in the Cave of Wonders, where I have been waiting and hoping that someone would find me. The Cave of Wonders? Just like in Aladdin. Yes? Were you looking for me? Huh? Do you have another friend down here with you? No. Then who is that? Lauren, reader, look. There's a boy in the cave with us. The boy looks like he's a teenager, and he's dressed in dirty, ragged pants and a shirt with sandals on his feet. I see him, Reading Bug. He looks as surprised to see us as we are to see him. It could have something to do with this big, smoky Ginny you're talking to. Um, hello. Hi. Are you lost? Yes. Yes, I am lost. I've been wandering around this cave for a long time, all alone, until I heard someone say my name. I'm Aladdin. Aladdin, just like in the story. Story? No, no, no. I'm just a poor orphan of no consequence or importance. There is no story about me. Aladdin, it's very nice to meet you. My name is Lauren, and this is the reading bug and our reader friend. Ahem? Oh, of course. And this is the all-powerful Ginny of the Lamp. Ginny of the Lamp? Aladdin, you are wrong about being of no consequence. There are many books and even movies that tell different versions of your story. And I have so many questions for you. Reading Bug, we'll have plenty of time for questions later. I'm not sure Aladdin is feeling very well. How long have you been down here anyway? Days. Maybe a week? I don't know, because it's hard to tell day from night when you are lost in a dark cave. A week? We have to get you out of here. There's no way out. No food, no water, and no escape. The entrance was sealed shut by an old lady who left me here. An old lady shut you in this cave? Why would someone do something like that? For you to understand that, I need to start my story at the beginning. Like I said, I am a poor orphan of no consequence, and I live in a kingdom ruled by a sultan. Sultan! I know that word. Some countries call their monarch a sultan instead of a king. Long ago, many countries, mostly in Asia, were ruled by sultans. One day, I saw the sultan's daughter, Badur al-Budur, when she got out of her litter to enter a bathhouse. She was sitting in litter? Oh, no wonder she needed a bath. No, Lauren. The word litter is also the name of a small compartment containing a chair or sofa that is carried on the shoulders of four or more people. Rich people often traveled in a litter before there were cars or trains. Oh, well that makes a lot more sense than a princess sitting in a pile of trash. And like the other women in our country, Princess Badur always wears a veil. But she happened to lift her veil as she entered the bathhouse, and I saw her face. She was so beautiful that I fell in love with her immediately. I told my friends that I was in love and that I would marry the princess one day. They all laughed at me and called me crazy. They told me that the Sultan would never let his daughter marry a poor man like me. And besides, didn't I know that she was already engaged to marry the son of the Grand Vizier? Vizier? What's that? A Vizier is the chief minister to a Sultan. He represents the Sultan in all of the Sultan's communications with people that he rules. I decided that if the Princess's father would not agree to our marriage, I would have to ask her myself. 
So I waited until nightfall, and I snuck into the palace, found the princess, and told her of my love for her. You snuck into a palace? Yeah, and it was totally worth it, too. The princess and I stayed awake all night, just talking. And as the sun began to rise in the morning, I heard the words that I'd been waiting for. Badur al-Budur said, Dearest Aladdin, I have never been in love with my fiancé, but tonight I have fallen in love with you. She did? Nice job! Her words were music to my ears. But before I could enjoy them, she said, From our first glance, my heart was filled with romance. Now that I have met you, I will never forget you. You will stay in my heart forever, but alas, I can never marry a man who is poor. And what's more, we can never have a future together, because I must marry my father's successor, the son of the Grand Vizier. Oh, I wish I could disappear, so that we could marry, my dear. Instead, I will forever cling to the memory of this one night I had with you. That's an amazing story, Aladdin. But what does it have to do with getting thrown into a cave? I'm getting to that part. Before we could plan when we would see each other again, the princess's ladies-in-waiting arrived. The princess kissed me, then hurried me out of her room before I was seen. I snuck out of the castle and back home, even more deeply in love with the princess than I had been when I first saw her. Now, my love was not just for her beauty, but also for her kindness, her wit, and her intelligence. We get it. You're in love. But I still haven't heard anything about a cave. After I left the palace, I was in despair as the day of the royal wedding grew closer and closer. Days passed and I heard nothing from the princess. I feared that she decided she was not going to marry a poor, orphaned beggar, and she decided to go ahead with the marriage to the vizier's son. But then, just as I was planning to sneak back into the palace, I met a strange old woman. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Old woman, check. Yes. Yeah, this strange old woman told me that she had a secret that could make us both powerful and rich. So rich that the sultan might allow me to marry the princess. I wanted to believe the old woman, but I was doubtful. Until she showed me the ring that she wore on her gnarled right hand. A ring? What was so special about the ring that made you believe that the old woman could make you rich and powerful? Well, after she showed me the ring, she rubbed it gently three times, and the next thing I knew there was an explosion of sound and lights. Yeah, just like that. When I looked at her ring again, smoke was coming out of the ring, and as the smoke rose into the sky, it turned into a figure of a boy. He had a blue turban wrapped around his head with two large feathers on top. He wore a purple shirt with a crimson cummerbund, a blue robe, ropes of gold around his neck, and gold bands on his wrist. But that's not all. Not all? What else was he wearing? It's not what he was wearing. It's what he looked like. His skin was not like mine or yours. It was green. As green as lime. And then there were his legs. What about his legs? 
Were they made of gold or silver or covered with diamonds? Were they small and purple? No, Lauren. He didn't have any legs at all. Just like your friend here, from the lamp. What? Another Ginny. Exactly. The Ginny was a boy and said, Mistress, I am a Ginny of the ring and will obey thee in all things. What would you have me do? And she said, Take me to the Cave of Wonders. Finally, a cave. Quiet, Ginny. I want to hear the rest of the story. I will be quiet. I must obey thee in all things, mistress. Then there was a flash of light so bright that it blinded me, and a sound of thunder. When I could see again, we were standing in a narrow valley between two mountains. Below us, on the ground, was a flat stone with a brass ring in the middle. She told me that I had to grab the stone by the ring, pull it up, and enter the Cave of Wonders. She could not go with me because she was forbidden from setting foot in the cave. I asked the old lady how we had gotten there and what I had done to be treated in this manner. She told me not to be afraid and assured me that she would not ask me to do anything other than obey her in order to reap the riches she had promised me. Then she warned me that if I had touched anything inside the cave, I would die a sudden, painful death. She told me to do nothing other than search for a modest metal lamp, and when I found it, I could bring it to her and we would return to the Sultan's palace together. But that's not what happened, is it? No, I did as she said. The cave was full of treasures, rubies, gold, emeralds, diamonds, but I did not touch any of them. I only looked for the lamp. After hours of searching, I finally found it. It was old, dirty, and clearly worthless unlike the treasure that was all around me. And I wondered why she would want it when I could have brought her some of the precious stones in the cave. But I did as she said and returned to the mouth of the cave where she had promised to wait for me. When I reached the entrance of the cave, I asked the old woman to lend me her hand to help me climb out of the cave. But she refused. She said she wanted me to give her the lamp first, and then she would help me out. Warning! Warning! I grew suspicious that she might leave me in the cave once I handed her the lamp, so I told her that I would gladly give her the lamp as soon as she helped me out. But this just made her furious. She grabbed the lamp out of my hand, and I fell backwards down into the cave. Then the old woman screamed, Timid toad licker! Nauseating ninny hammer! Hapless hobbly hoy! Maggoty mooncalf! If you do not hand me the lamp right now, I will order the Jimmy of the Ring to bury you in the cave forever! That's exactly what she said. But, but how did you know that? Because, Aladdin, I was there with you. Spoiler alert, I was in that lamp. The Jinny of the Ring is merely a boy. A Jinny in training! The old lady was looking for me. The all-powerful Jinny of the Lamp! But she failed. You mean the old woman didn't get the lamp she wanted? That's right. The old lady lost her grip on the lantern and it tumbled down into the cave and got sealed in the cave by her pitiful, 
Green Ring Ginny. But she didn't get you, did she, Ginny? That's good. Who knows what someone so mean and so evil would do with so much power? Yes, but the old woman will have the last laugh, won't she? Lamp or no lamp, we're still stuck in the cave forever. No, no, you're not stuck in here forever. Lauren, didn't you hear me when I said, I will obey all your wishes? You mean, you can get us out of this cave if we just wish for it? Yes. Well, technically, Lauren has to wish for it. She rubbed the lamp, so I must obey her. Such is my curse. Ginny, you're not the only one here with magical powers. My book bag and the power of our imaginations can get us out of this cave, too. We don't even need to wish. Just hop in. Wait a second, Bug. Lauren rubbed my lamp. You're all in my cave. I'm the one who gets to do the magic around here. Come on, then. Give me a real challenge. Something this Bug and her bag can't do. Stop the princess's wedding! Stop the wedding of a princess? Now that's a challenge I'd love to accept. Who's the princess and where's the wedding? You mean you can actually do that? Didn't you hear me, Aladdin? I am the great, the glorious, the all-powerful genie of the lamb. I can do anything set myself free, of course. I can stop your princess's wedding if you want. You just need Lauren to wish for it. Bug, can your bag do that? Uh, no. At least, I don't think so. <laughs> there you have it. A challenge worthy of a ginny. What do you say, Lauren? Yes, Lauren. What do you say? I don't know. What do you think, reader? Should we use the genie's power to wish for him to help Aladdin by stopping the princess's wedding? Is this the right choice? Or should I use my wishes in a different way? It's not every day you find a genie that can grant you anything you wish for. There are so many things I could ask the genie to do for us, but... How can I be sure we're making the right choices? That we're making good decisions? This genie has power to make wishes come true. But how do we know what these riches will do? We have the chance here to save the day. But how can we do this without losing our way? Let's make the right choice today. Our choice should be good, right, and true. It affects more than just me and you. We need to decide what to do. Avoid chaos that just might ensue. going to need to think about this one a little more. And while I think, it seems like a good time to pause our adventure. In just a few minutes, I'll play some music and we can all draw illustrations of all the amazing things that have happened so far on this adventure. Great idea, Lauren. I think I'll draw a picture of our new Ginny friend coming out of the lamp when you rubbed it. That should be incredible, Bug. I'm going to draw a picture of this incredible cave and the enormous stalactites and stalagmites in it. What do you think you'll draw, reader? Whatever you draw, I'm sure it will be impressive. And when we return for part two of this adventure, we can decide together what we want to wish for and how to best help our new friend Aladdin. I'm sure that together we can make some good decisions because... 
When you're a reader, you're a leader. You're ready to learn about everything as you grow. You'll show this world that you can be anything. You could write a book or fly a plane. Build a house with a giant crane. Whatever you do, one thing will be true. There's nothing you can't do. You can see it through just by being you. Thank you so much for joining us on this incredible adventure today, reader. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to see you next time. In the meantime, if you want to read more about Aladdin or other stories and fables, you can find a list of all the books in the Reading Bug's book bag at thereadingbug.com adventures. We'll see you soon when we return for part two of our adventure. It's a Reading Bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper, and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Today's episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Sourcebooks and their colorful rhyming picture book, Blue Baboon Finds Her Tune. Reading Bug, what you're reading? Hi, Lauren. It's a new book by the creators of some of my favorite picture books, Helen and Thomas Doherty. Oh, they wrote the number one Indie Next pick, The Snatcher Book. Yes, yes, yes. You got it, Lauren. And another favorite of mine, The Storybook Night. That's right. Those books are staples in our reading bug boxes for our three- to six-year-olds. They just love them. Well, then they're sure going to love this one, too. The illustrations are so vibrant, and although there are just a few words per page, the rhyme is fantastic and perfect for very early readers. There's nothing I love more than a great rhyme. I can't wait to dig in. Reader, you can purchase Blue Baboon Finds Her Tune at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. And if you're listening to this episode during fall of 2022, we have a limited number of special edition prints to send along with your purchase while supplies last. That's right. You can also request this book in your next Reading Bug Box if you're a current subscriber by emailing us at bugbox at thereadingbug.com. Thanks to Sourcebooks for this special opportunity and ongoing support. Sourcebooks, changing lives book by book. And thanks to all of our individual sponsors. If you're interested in becoming a patron, please visit our page at patreon.com. Thank you for listening to Reading Bug Adventures. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe Savage, Rob DeCruz, Chesney Everett, and Shannon and Dan Shern. Music is by me and Ross Gruet. Sound mixing and mastery is by Resonate Recordings. The Reading Bug is our family-owned independent children's bookstore in California, and we're passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription box service at readingbugbox.com. Thank you. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. 
Hi, friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 